Hey guys, it's Miller. Thanks for tuning in to this week's installment of Upper Room Dallas podcast. We love our online family. We pray you're blessed. Enjoy this week's message, Knowing the Holy Spirit, Part 2, Engaging the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation, how you can cultivate a lifestyle where the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation continually reveals the person of Jesus to you no matter what you're facing. This is something that's very dear and near to me. It has marked our prayer culture, marked my life personally, and I hope it marks yours. So let's do it. Good morning, how's everyone? All right, how's everybody? Um, I wanna, we have uh, people in the overflow and I just wanted to say um, we love you and uh, thank, thank you for coming to the upper room this morning. You know, there was a real uh, sense of deliverance during worship when Chelu saying that one line. Every can you say it again? Every high thing must come down. It was just like the Lord swept through and uh, reminded us of whose we are and where He is, and everything attempting to overshadow that reality uh, through a line was cast down, the lightness of who he is. And so um, it's just so grateful for uh, this morning and uh, the way the Lord renews our mind. Um, you know, I, I was listening to Bill Johnson talk about the word repentance. And in uh, the Latin, re means to go back and pent is the top. It's like a penthouse. It's the top place. And so repentance was returning back to the top place of thinking, the top place of seeing. And I just felt like during that moment, it was like everyone's minds were put in the right place. Like Colossians says, that we set our mind on things, we set our mind on things above. And, uh, and so part of repentance is just choosing to think about the right thing, choosing to um, line up our thoughts with his. And so we just bless you, Jesus, for what you're doing what you've done and what you're going to do. Um, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, man. Um, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 17. And before I uh, get into um, my message, I want to honor a couple of people. Uh, first, I want to honor uh, is our executive pastor, Peter Slover, and his wife, Nanette. Would you guys stand up real quick? I... I so, I just, I know you didn't know I was going to do this, but I so felt during worship, um, God's pleasure for y'all's yes. And, and I, I, I heard the Lord say, tell, tell Peter that he is my Caleb. And, and I thought of Joshua 14, when Caleb comes to Moses or Caleb comes to Joshua and talking about a promise that was outstanding still. And, um, and he says this, I followed the Lord my God fully. He says that in verse 8. And then again in verse 10, he says, I followed the Lord my God fully. And that phrase just leapt out about how you have followed him fully. And there's still promises ahead, but I just sense his pleasure in the way that you've partnered with him in his heart to claim other people's promises. And it's one of the reasons you're here and, uh, and then also just the level of excellence that the team is walking in. If you are under Peter's leadership in the upper room, would you stand up, staff, whether you're part of the media team, 
George is on the facilities. Would you guys just stand up? I just want to honor our staff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are amazing. So, thank you. Yes, thank you. Love you. Um, and then my friends from Montreal are here. Would the domain stand up? Would you guys stand up? These are my friends from Montreal, Hannah and children. So glad y'all are here. We were just in a conference in Houston and uh, 10 cities with Pastor Randy at the dwelling place. It's phenomenal what God is doing uh, in Houston. But these guys are really carrying something special up in Montreal. And so they're extended family and just so glad that you guys are here uh, in Jesus' name. Let me put uh, my hand on my heart. Put your hand on your heart. And uh, I'm just going to ask Holy Spirit that you would come and that your word would be like a sword, that it would divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Lord, that it is so precise. It is so cutting. It is so sharp. And so we welcome uh, the edge of your word this morning. Um, come and do what only you can uh, in the precious name of Jesus. Pray. Amen and amen. Uh, tonight, I encourage you to watch online. Uh, Michael Koulianos is going to be with us, uh, which is going to be great. I say watch online because it'll be fairly crowded. Uh, so pray if you're supposed to come, but watch online. Um, <laughs> Uh, he's just a dear friend and really carrying something so pure. He always has uh, something to share that's uh, just so timely with our house. And then last night we uh, had a baptismal uh, right here and we baptized close to 30 people. What was the number? 30-ish, 30-ish people. We had uh, food trucks and a celebration afterwards. So it's just been a really cool weekend, uh, what God's doing uh, in our midst. And I believe he has special plans for us uh, this morning. And so I want to continue. Last week, I started a series on knowing the Holy Spirit. And I was talking to someone uh, on my way over here who was telling me they've been praying daily the prayer, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. And they were just talking about how, uh, how eager the Holy Spirit was to answer that prayer. Uh, he wants to reveal himself to us. And so I want to talk to you about cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, cultivating a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so if this is a new topic to you, I highly encourage you to listen to last week's message, just laid a foundation for who he is and uh, why he was sent, uh, what he does in our lives, um, and just who he is. And tonight, I want to talk about a specific dimension, or this morning, I want to talk about a specific dimension of the Holy Spirit, and it's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everyone say wisdom, wisdom. and revelation. So this is the dimension of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I want to I kind of lay out a, a, a pathway um, that, that I believe the Holy Spirit takes us down as we engage him. Uh, his favorite subject is Jesus. And so as you gauge the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it's unto the knowledge of Jesus. So you need the Holy Spirit in order to know Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. You need his work. You need him to reveal Jesus to you in order for you to know him. You can study this with your mind and you can learn a lot of information about Jesus and not be transformed by it. You need the Holy Spirit to impart his understanding and his revelation and his knowledge of who Jesus is, and that brings transformation to you. We are so dependent upon God to know God. And so engaging the spirit of wisdom and revelation is so crucial for us uh, to mature in Jesus. It's so crucial for us uh, to know how to engage him because that's how we know uh, the Lord. And so Ephesians chapter one um, lays that out, 117. It is the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. 
He says this, he says, uh, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, so the God of our Lord Jesus Christ is the Father of glory, so that the Father may give to you, everyone say me, that he may give to you a spirit, so this is the Holy Spirit, and it's a dimension of the Holy Spirit, so the Father would send you a helper, and this helper would be the spirit of wisdom and of revelation, so the spirit of wisdom and revelation would give you knowledge of the Son. So the Father would send the Spirit so that you would know the Son. So I wanna talk about engaging this Spirit this morning so that you can mature in your knowledge of Jesus. Amen? Okay, I have notes for you once again. Sign in a wonder, get your phones out. Got a QR code. <laughs> Come on, this is action-packed. These notes are really legit. Uh, this is for you to take home and study. It is, I think it's like 12, 13 pages. So I know I'm, I'm loading up your gun to fire this week. Uh, there's an exercise at the end of these notes. So everyone will want to get these notes. There's an exercise at the end of these notes that'll be very practical. It's an assignment for you to do uh, for the next seven days in engaging the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so I'm going to lay out um, what that looks like. And then at the end, I want you to practice. I want you to uh, take this to your closet, take this into your marriage, take this into your family and use, use uh, these scriptures and specifically the tools at the end of those notes um, to engage the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So uh, I, I want to talk about engaging him who is a person. Um, and so the, the first thing that I want to I show you is uh, three definitions, and they're so crucial for us as a community. We do this every day in this room. Um, and the three definitions are thanksgiving, worship, and intercession. Now, I think these are three primary ways that we engage the spirit of wisdom and revelation is through thanksgiving, worship, and intercession. Uh, and so I've... Someone, I was teaching this recently. This is, this is a message that I, when I travel, I teach it a lot because I, I want to equip uh, the body in engaging the Holy Spirit or the presence of God so that we may know the Lord. And, and I, I finished one message and uh, someone said, you're, uh, is it a cartographer that designs maps? Okay, so he said, you're like a cartographer in the spirit. Um, you, you are laying out a map in order to approach the Lord and you're giving language for individuals and communities to approach the throne of grace. And there's a real rhythm that we've learned as a community. There's things that we participate in that actually increase our awareness of the Holy Spirit in us and with us. And so as a cartographer would, would kind of lay out a map of a region, I want to lay out a map for you in order to go through the gates with thanksgiving, enter the courts with praise, and to behold the one seated on the throne who is in heaven. There's a progression for us. There are biblical prescriptions for you, for me, in engaging him. Now, God hears every prayer we pray. He hears the Hail Marys. He hears the, the SOSs. He hears like the little short prayers that we don't even think he hears. He hears them. He is really good at listening. The Bible says, be quick to listen. The reason it says to be quick to listen is because God is always listening. He's listening to your heart. He's listening to your voice. He is intimately familiar with your ways. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're thinking. He knows hairs on your head. He knows you through and through. 
but there are prescriptions biblically for us to know him. And there are, there are ordinances for us to rightly come before his throne. And as we mature as believers, we start to learn what he prefers. We start to learn what he desires. And these three things are, uh, are, are movements that I see that, that give our hearts an awareness of who he is, where he is, and what he's saying. And so the first one is Thanksgiving. Everyone say Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is agreeing with what he has done. Definitions are important. They're important for us as a community. When I say the word thanks or thanksgiving, I want you to think of this definition. All three of these words, thanksgiving, worship, intercession, they're elastic. You know, they can mean different things to different people, but they need to mean something. Words need to mean something. And thanksgiving for us is looking back to what he's done and it's agreeing with what he's done. It's agreeing with his goodness. It's agreeing with what Christ accomplished on the cross. It's agreeing with our history with him. It's agreeing that, man, if I'm breathing, He's brought me this far. <laughs> and Thanksgiving, I call it the little hinge. It's the little hinge that opens up the door. The door is the door to our hearts. Thanksgiving is, yes, it's an offering that we bring to him, but it's for us. And so you never want to show up before the Lord empty-handed. Amen? Amen? And so look at Psalms. Uh, that's the first point. Don't show up before the Lord empty-handed. And then uh, the second point is the scriptural prescription to approaching the Lord is to begin always with thanksgiving. Psalms 100, four and five. It says to enter his gates with thanksgiving. To enter his gates with thanksgiving. To enter the external perimeter as you're approaching the Lord with an offering of thanks. Thanksgiving, I mentioned that it's the little hinge. This is uh, something we learned in the early days. And I know some of this is repetitive, uh, to you guys, I've taught on this quite a bit. I taught on it recently on a Saturday night, uh, but I wanna reiterate it because of its importance. We're entering into the month of November. It's the month where Thanksgiving is talked about uh, a ton. Um, and I want you to see the power of Thanksgiving, of your heart living in gratitude for who he is and what he's done. Um, uh, a heart that's not grateful, a heart that, that, that is not postured in thanks regularly before the Lord is a heart that's actually closed off to the Lord. If you're not living, uh, if you're not living regularly with a heart that's filled with gratitude and thanksgiving before the Lord, uh, your heart is closed off to him. Thanksgiving is, it's such a crucial revelation for us because I, I call it the little hinge. It is a little hinge that swings open the door of your heart. You know, a, a door without a hinge is a wall. And a heart, a heart without thanksgiving is a wall. A heart that isn't walking in this revelation is closed off to the Lord. I can show you that in scripture and I'm about to, but this is so crucial. It's not just something that we teach our kids. It's something that we have to live out regularly. And it's so simple that we forget it. It's so simple that it's something that we set on the shelf often. But I want to continually put this revelation before you because it positions us actually to receive from him. When you give something to the Lord, you're not going to outgive him. Amen. You can't outgive him. So you're going to show up before the Lord, giving him something. Do you not think that you're going to receive something from him <laughs> who is such a gracious giver? No. And so uh, the Lord is like, Hey, the prescribed way for you to approach me is through Thanksgiving. If you're going to come into my presence, you're going to enter the gates with Thanksgiving but it's swinging open the door of your heart to receive. And this was the problem in Romans chapter one, verse 21. Look at this. Uh, this is in your notes, Romans 1, 21. For even though they knew God, how many of you know God? Yeah. Raise your hand if you know God. 
Okay, so you can fit into this category. Just because you know him doesn't mean you're going to rightly respond to him. So for even though they knew God, they didn't do two things. They didn't honor him as God or give him thanks. So honor and thanks are intricately linked. Honor and thanks are connected. If you're grateful for something, you'll honor it. And if you're honoring something, you'll be thankful. They, they run hand in hand, honor and thanks. This, this is directly connected to finances. I could talk a lot about finances, but um, you know, when I travel and speak, people, they're so grateful for what Upper Room is. I mean, I, it's so awesome to, to, to hear how this community has impacted people. So they honor who I am and what God has built here. Um, they're thankful for it. And when I leave, they typically give me an honorarium right? Why? Because it's a form of honor. It's an extension of honor for their hearts postured towards me. And so when we know the Lord, we honor the Lord. We honor him by giving him something. And the first thing that we give him is thanks. The first thing that we give him is gratitude. And this says that they did not honor him. And a part of them not honoring him was them not giving him thanks, like gratitude from their hearts. And the Lord saw that. The Lord said, these people, even though they know me, they're not grateful. They're not grateful to me. They're not grateful for what I've done for them. Therefore, guess what happened to their hearts? Sealed off. Their hearts became a wall. And look, look at your notes here. Um, it says they became futile in their uh, speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then Romans 1, through the end of the chapter lists off then what became of those that did not honor God or give him thanks. This is, this is the litany of sin that, that ensued because they did not honor him or give him thanks. Look at this. They became futile in their mind. They became foolish in their hearts. Lust consumed them. The, their bodies were dishonored. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie they worshiped the created instead of the creator. They became twisted in their passions and desires. Therefore, homosexuality is one of the clearest biblical texts for God's view of homosexuality. It says men exchanged natural relations with women and they pursued men. And this was a direct link to them cutting off their hearts and not being filled with things. They were full of every kind of wickedness, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip, backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. Paul's like, man, they're just going to invent new ways of sinning. They disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises. They're heartless and they have no mercy. This is just about everything that's wrong with society. But the, 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 the gateway, the gateway for this is they did not honor God or give thanks. And when we launched the upper room, we were in the homosexual district of downtown Dallas. I was constantly called up like, hey, I've got a relative that's, uh, this is an issue for them. Or there's a staff member at our church, or this is becoming a topic. And for whatever reason, I became known as a pastor that was in the homosexual district that had some, you know, quote unquote success in that neighborhood. And I would always point people uh, to Romans 121. Because instead of dealing with the fruits of um, sin, what we did in that hour is we gathered in Oak Lawn. And do you know what we did? We honored him and we gave him thanks. Morning, noon, and night. We just began to thank him in that place. And he began to show up and he began to reach that community. He began, he began to deal with these issues. It wasn't focusing on the issues. 
It was returning back to the gate of thanksgiving as a community that opened up a door for him to come and be with us and among us. So this was how we were engaging the Holy Ghost. And in, in, in heaven, look at this. Um, in heaven, Revelation 4 gives us the clearest description of the throne room. In Revelation 4, 2 through 5, 1. Revelation 4 and 5. It says this, there was a throne was standing in heaven. There was one seated on the throne, around the throne, around the throne, out from the throne, before the throne, before the throne, in the middle of the throne, around the throne, sits on the throne, sits on the throne, before the throne, on the throne. All of these phrases are used in Revelation chapter four. So therefore, what is John writing about? The what? The throne. Who's on the throne? Jesus, he's on the throne. And look at, look at this, Revelation 4, 9. And when the living creatures who are near the throne, when they give glory, and there's our two phrases, honor and thanks. What did they not do in Romans chapter 1? They did not give him honor or thanks. What are they doing around the throne? They're giving him honor and thanks. Why? Because it's the right way to respond to him. It's the right way to respond to him, through honor and through thanks. Further examples of thanksgiving. Um, you can see the power of thanksgiving in Jonah. Jonah said in Jonah 2, 9, and 10, he's in the belly of the well and he's praying to the Lord. And in the last part of his prayer, he says this, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. Do you think Jonah was feeling grateful in Jonah chapter two, verse nine? No, that's why he calls it a sacrificial voice of thanksgiving. He mustered up his will to give God thanks, even though he's in the belly of a well at the bottom of the ocean, for all he knew, he was about to die. And he offers up thanksgiving. That which I have vowed I will pay, salvation is from the Lord. Everyone say then. <laughs> Look at this, then. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. How did Jonah get out of the well? Thank you. <laughs> Some of you are two words away from getting set freed from yourself. It's two words. It's a password. I don't know if you know this, but heaven has a password. You can try every code in the book, but the password to enter in is thank you. That's how we rightly re respond to him. It's how we rightly approach him. It's a, it's a, it's a heart of gratitude. It's a heart of, 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 of giving thanks. Um, Asaph, under David's leadership, um, David brings the uh, Ark of the Covenant into David's tabernacle, which is something we've talked about extensively. But David first assigned Asaph. He was the chief Levite. He was the worship leader under David. He was the head of all the Levites. And he assigned Asaph. That, that word assigned actually means to employ or pay. He paid Asaph and his relatives to do what? To give thanks to the Lord. And they did it 24-7. They offered thanksgiving to the Lord. Uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead with these two words. 
in John 11, 41. So they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Come on. Supernatural provision, Jesus, he took the, the, the loaves and the fish and after giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to the disciples. <clears throat> We're familiar with that, but John 6 account of the multiplication of the bread. Look at this, John 6, 22 through 23. The next day, so this is the day after he multiplied the bread and the fish. Look how heaven records that miracle. The next day, the crowd that stood on the other side of the sea saw there was no other small boat there except one and that Jesus had not gotten into the boat with the disciples because he had walked on the water, uh, but that his disciples had departed alone. Other small boats came from Tiberias near the place. Everyone say the place. Where they had ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So heaven's recording of that event, it's the place where the people ate bread, but the people ate bread because the Lord gave thanks in light of his lack. It was a sign and a wonder. Jesus looks up and thanks God for what he has, even though that it's not enough, he's looking to the source who is enough. A gate opens up and he multiplies what he has and heaven goes, whoa, that's a sign and a wonder, not the multiplication of the bread. The sign and the wonder is that it was a place where someone with little said thank you. The Eucharist, the Lord's table, which we did when the Lord had given, uh, when the Lord had taken the cup and given thanks. Um, it talks about him giving thanks for the cup and then 1 Corinthians 11, him giving thanks uh, for the bread. So we enter in with thanksgiving. Uh, there's an exercise at the end of um, the teaching today and I'm gonna encourage you this week. I, this is something I practice every day. Uh, when I sit with the Lord, I put the date and then I put the word thanks. And then I just start bullet pointing things I'm grateful for. And I, for me, because I'm mildly ADD, I have to type it out. So I, I literally type it out, wife, kids. Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Lord, thank you for whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm facing. I just begin to thank him until I actually believe it, <laughs> until something comes alive inside of my heart, until I feel the Holy Spirit, who is that spirit of wisdom and revelation, just go upon my heart. Sometimes it takes 30 seconds. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes 15 minutes. But I am going to posture. I'm going to force my heart to give him thanks and connect my heart to who he is, where he is, what he's done. And then when that happens, I begin to go on a journey with the Holy Spirit. It's a way for me to submit my heart to the giver of all that's good, to the giver of all that I have, to the source of my life, my existence. I need to rightly approach him every day. I'm not just giving him a Hallmark card. It's not just like, hey, thanks. I'm not writing him a thank you letter. I'm presenting a heart of gratitude before him because he lives inside of me and what he's done and I have to force myself because listen, I am very aware of me. I am very aware of, 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 of where I'm at and what I'm facing and what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and me, 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 me. And when I say, no, it's not about me, it's about him, Thanksgiving forces me to get over myself. Thanksgiving forces me to set my, my, my stuff aside and to come before him to see him rightly. Because Thanksgiving, it gets you over you. It really does. It is like one of the most powerful weapons to disarm hell. Hell hates a heart of gratitude. Hell hates a heart that's constantly giving thanks. It does. 
Because that heart is positioned before the Lord to rightly see him and to rightly receive from him. You're not going to outgive him. So look at Psalms 100 again. Enter his gates. There's a progression to Psalms 100. And I think this progression is actually how the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, works. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We just talked about that. So the first step, thank you. His courtyards with praise. What's the courtyards? The courtyards are just past the gates. Um, Praise, thanksgiving is a form of praise. Uh, There's various forms of praise, but thanksgiving, I believe, is the first form of praise that we give to the Lord. So don't, don't, don't trip over that. As you're giving thanks, you're approaching him. Uh, there's ways to praise him. You can praise him for things he's done in your life. You can praise him, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's ways to, to give him high praise, just to say, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I enthrone you. Lord, we can make declarations that are, are praise, but, but you, wanna, you wanna go through the gates with thanksgiving. You're entering the courts with praise. Give thanks to him. So it says give thanks again. So it's thanks, praise, thanks. And then I think it's so interesting that the psalmist says to bless his name. Because this is the second key after you've given thanksgiving. You want to bless the name of the Lord. Now the word bless here, uh, it means to, to bow or to kneel. It's to come underneath his name. So you want to bless his name. Worship, so if Thanksgiving is agreeing with what he's done, worship is agreeing with who he is. Everyone say agreeing Agreeing. with who he is. So Thanksgiving agreeing with what he's done, worship is agreeing with who he is. So if the psalmist is saying we kneel before his name, he's talking about worshiping the one seated on the throne. If we're kneeling before his name, if we're blessing his name, then we're entering into a place of worship. We're entering into a place where the Holy Spirit is going to now begin to reveal the person and nature and character of who Jesus is, the one seated on the throne. We bless his name. So how do we bless his name? How, how How do you engage the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of who he is? Uh, Start with Thanksgiving. And then what what I typically do is I will either allow the Holy Spirit to guide me to a characteristic or to a name of the Lord, or I will pick one out. So if you scroll down to Monday on your notes, everyone see Monday? Here's the exercise. You give thanks, which you write down, meditate upon things that you're thankful for, connect your heart to the words, And then I want you to do that for 10 minutes. And then for 10 minutes, I want to bless his name by worshiping him. And I've actually picked seven different names of the Lord that I want to present before you that you can worship him with. So the first one on Monday, it's faithful because God is faithful, is he not? So I can go, God's faithful. And you go, yes, amen, brother, God is faithful. And you know that intellectually, you know that in your head. But if you've entered in the gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise, and you're kneeling before his name, what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit will actually breathe upon this revelation, and he will breathe upon your heart what he thinks about the Lord being faithful. And what you think is one thing, but what he thinks is totally another. Meaning, oftentimes it's 
it's like you're being renewed into that revelation and you're hearing it again for the first time. <clears throat> what, what is that when that takes place? It's faith. Everyone say faith. faith. <clears throat> so part of cultivating a heart of thanksgiving, <clears throat> opening the heart, little hinge, what are you looking to receive from the Lord? Like we, we've got to get specific about this. To mature in him, what do you need to receive from the Lord? What is the, what is the greatest thing he can give or source your heart with? Like a revelation of the Lord, yes. But I would say the most precious thing that he can give you as you open the door of your heart through thanksgiving is that he would author faith inside of your heart. What is faith? It's really important that we hone in on these words because it's like, just have faith, brother. Okay, what does that mean? And oftentimes it's like, I'm gonna yell louder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray in karate tongues. You know, like, like there's, these, there's these responses that we have, like just have faith, brother. It's not fair to just say, just have faith if you're not gonna define and equip people to actually have faith. What does it mean to have faith? Is it your faith? No, it's not your faith. He's not looking for your faith. He's looking for a heart that will harbor his faith. Hebrews 12 says this, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and sustainer, the author and perfecter of your faith. What is faith? Faith is a substance. What is a substance? This table is a substance. Do you know why I can't walk in a direct line to Peter Slover right now? It's because there's a substance between me and him and it's this table. I'm running into it. And as you open up your heart through thanksgiving, you're looking to run into a substance. And that substance is the substance of faith that only the Holy Spirit can impart to your heart. This is how you spend time with the Lord. Like I'm grateful for reading plans and I'm grateful for the boxes that we check. But when you spend time with the Lord, you're looking for him. As you swing open the door of your heart, you're looking for him to take a pen and to write, thank you, I knew there was a pen somewhere. You're looking for him to take a pen and to write with that pen upon your heart faith that only he can give you in light of what you're facing. Yes. 2 Corinthians 5 says, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. You can't please God without anything, uh, anything that's not done in is a sin. Like faith is so crucial, but sometimes it's like, well, what is faith? I don't know, brother, but you need to have it. Like, that's not fair. That's not fair. Faith is not a muscle that you flex like this. You know what it is? It's an eardrum. It's a spiritual eardrum. And guess what? You hear me right now. Why? Because you have an eardrum. You're not flexing to hear me. You're not. You're spiritually attuned in the same way to listen to the Holy Spirit as you rightfully submit and rest and find that place. He wants to, upon your heart, a fresh revelation. So what is God authoring faith in? This is why it's so important that you humble your heart to bless his holy name because the thing that he wants to author faith in your heart first and foremost is in who he is. This is what worship is. Worship is agreeing with who he is.
I, I constantly get after our worship leaders. Like we're not worshiping if we're singing about ourselves. We're not worshiping unless we're agreeing with who he is. And And that exchange, that exchange of us giving him thanks, giving him honor, positioning our hearts, that exchange, you, you sense this, this shift inside of you. He's enthroned upon what? The praises of his people. So as you offer thanks with your lips, his throne is established over your heart. From the overflow of your heart, you speak. So as you're speaking thanks and praise, it invokes an environment where the lordship of the spirit comes above your circumstances, comes above your reality, and he becomes Lord, and he wants to author faith that only he can give. Now, that, that, that environment of the Holy Spirit being Lord and him authoring faith Ultimately, the outcome for your heart is that you're freed. Oh, Jesus. Give us ears to hear. Okay. Hmm. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation into the knowledge of who he is. So as we offer thanks, we receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation that leads us into his heart and into his thoughts and into his perspective of what we're facing and what we're going through. We're going to practice that. Jayla, will you come up? Look at these two moves. So the two fruits of this process of of entering the gates, coming upon the courts, bowing and blessing his holy name, as as the Lord authors faith in our hearts around who he is, the fruit of that is freedom. And um, there's a freedom, there's a freedom that only is found it's only found by engaging the Holy Spirit. That there's a freedom that he offers. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 17, it says, and when he comes, the spirit of truth. Everyone say the spirit, spirit. of truth. So this is that spirit of wisdom and revelation, same, same person. When the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you. He will guide you. He will speak to you. He will disclose to you. This is everything we talked about last week. But spirit and truth are the two prescriptions for freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's, and you'll know the truth and the truth will what? So uh, spirit brings freedom. Truth brings freedom. Now, Jesus told the woman at the well that the father is seeking those that worship him in what? Oh, let's connect those dots for a second. So if we're entering them with Thanksgiving and we're going to worship, Jesus says that the father's looking for worshipers, looking for worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth which are the two biblical prescriptions for freedom. So the father's looking for worshipers who worship him in freedom. But that freedom is a freedom that only he can source. 
And it's a freedom that's sourced by the spirit of truth that liberates our hearts to see him rightly and to not live in bondage to these other realities that are attempting to overshadow that one reality. This isn't, this isn't uh, and this is so important, this isn't something that just happens once. This isn't something that you received a while back. This is a continual freedom that you have to subject your heart to. It's a daily, it's a daily walk. It's a daily journey. To me, this is, this is how we pick up our cross. We're choosing by faith to live in light of what he said and in light of what he's done and in light of where he is and we're dying to any and every other reality. But the only way we can do that is through the lordship or guidance of his Holy Spirit daily. It's the active lordship of the spirit in our lives, but we have to daily subject ourselves to it through thanksgiving and worship. Do I read the word? Yes. Am I, am I, am I, Quoting promises, yes. Am I gonna ultimately intercede? Yes. Like all of those things fit and flow, but the target for me daily is I wanna enter in with thanksgiving and I want the Holy Spirit to reveal the person of Jesus to my heart every stinking day. Every day. Every day. I can show you in my journal for the last year where this exercise I'm presenting to you, it's something I do every single day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what? Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. I'm drinking coffee. It's not kicking in yet. Thank you for this. 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 And I don't know if it's the coffee or the Holy Ghost, but I sense, oh my goodness, my heart is opening before the giver of all that's good. My, the eyes of my heart, it's like Windex. Like my eyes are like, oh, whoa. There it is. I get over my soul. I get over my flesh. I tap into the Holy Ghost who's connected to my spirit and he starts to bring alignment. He starts to bring order. He starts to bring perspective. And then I began to behold him. I began to see him. So I want to encourage you to do that this week. So can I, can we prove it? Can we like, it's like, this is more caught than taught. So we're gonna enter in with thanks. We're gonna go to the courts and we're gonna bow before his holy name. We're gonna enthrone him. And then, you know, what's oftentimes what happens is as the Holy Spirit is like, he's faithful. Like, oh God, you're gonna be faithful in this. God, you're so faithful. And you start to see who he is. Then he starts to apply his faithfulness to specific parts of our lives. Be faithful in your vocation. I know it looks like it's a dead end. I know you feel stuck, but I'm gonna be faithful to do what only I can. You say, Lord, thank you for your faithfulness in my job. Lord, you're a faithful leader. You're gonna lead me through that moment. And so we begin to intercede from that place. So, J. Lou, you wanna do it? All right. Thank you for all that you've done. 
and all that is to come. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for yes. all that you've done. Yes. Come, Jesus. And I thank you for all yeah, that you will do every Jesus. time. Lord, I thank you for come all on, that you've done. Give him thanks. And all that come is on. to come. Offer your heart. Give him and thanks. And all that is to come. Only you can do it. And I thank you for all that you'll do. Lord, I thank you for all that you. you've done. We honor you. And all that is to come. We honor you, Jesus. And all that is to come. We honor you, Lord. We give you thanks. And I'm so grateful. You're so Give him thanks. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Thank you for we bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for all Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. And all that is to come. And all that is to come. And I'm so crazy.
your faithfulness through the years you've always come on tell him he's faithful you're faithful Jesus great is your love for us your love for us through the years you'll always be there and great is your faithfulness your faithfulness through the years you've always been there is your love for us your love for us through the years you've always been thank you for your faithfulness god just have this clear image of uh, the good shepherd this clear image of him one step before you with a rod and with a staff i see him just waving you ahead I am the faithful one. I have been faithful. I'm faithful in this moment. And every step of this journey that lies ahead will be marked by my faithfulness. I am a God who is faithful. I am faithful. I am faithful through and through to you. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. I will not. I will not. I will be nothing else but faithful. I won't leave you, I won't forget you, I won't forsake you. I will simply be faithful. Your days will be marked by my faithfulness. Oh, you are faithful, God. You are faithful through and through, Jesus. Day by day, Lord. Every moment, every trial, Lord. Every situation, every circumstance, every mountain, God. We declare you are faithful, God. You're faithful, Jesus. Through diagnoses, Father. Through the valley, God. Through the fire. Through the years you've always been Come on, there. tell him. He's faithful. Author faith. Is your faithful. Author faith. Your faith. He's faithful this morning. Through the years you've always been there. In the night you're faithful, God. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Through the years you've always So
So I thank you for all that you've done. Yes, Lord. And I thank you for all that you'll ever do. Faithful and true. And I thank you for faithful and true. You've done You're faithful and true. Lord, and all that is to come. Lord, and all that is to come. Oh, and all that is to come. Oh, 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 all that is to come. All that is to come. Just present your heart before the Lord. And if you pray in the Spirit, would you just do it very lightly? Just sense the Holy Spirit just brooding over chaos. I sense him brooding over the unknown. I sense him brooding over uh, uncertainty. And, and I, I just, by the Holy Spirit, I hear him speaking into those places. I am faithful. Yes. I am faithful. You can bank on me being faithful. You can bank on the days ahead being marked by my faithfulness. Oh, you will taste the goodness of my faithfulness in the days ahead. You will taste that I am good because I'm faithful. I am good and faithful. And I will be true to the promises that I've spoken. And if it's not good, I'm not finished. Come and author, Lord, fresh faith in your faithfulness. Come and author, Lord. In our hearts, fresh, fresh faith, Lord, around your nature and being faithful, Lord. Lord, where we've gone to other cisterns, where we've, where, we've, where we've laid hold of things in control and not trusted in your faithfulness, Lord. We let go of that right now, Lord. We repent that we have not trusted in your faithfulness, Lord. We've attempted to fight our way through it instead of trusting you in it. And Lord, we surrender and say, we're gonna trust you, Lord. We surrender and say, it is yours. It is about your faithfulness. It is about you being faithful. It is about you being faithful to lead, you being faithful to guide, you being faithful, Lord, to bring about the outcomes. And Lord, we are simply going to walk in faith centered in your faithfulness. For it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, and the knowledge and knowing of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for uh, your zeal for our hearts. Lord, for what's being harbored in our hearts. Lord, you're jealous for what we harbor in our hearts. And, and, and our hearts, Lord, were, were designed to walk in faith. They were designed, Lord, for you to reside and for your word to richly dwell in our hearts, the wellspring of our existence. And so may our heart, Lord, be a whiteboard for your voice, that you would speak, Father, that you would author, that you would write in detail, Lord, what you want to author, what you want to speak about who you are in light of what we're facing, in light of what we see. Lord, you're giving us eyes to see beyond it. And you're maturing us, Lord. You're rooting our hearts deeper, 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 
deeper into yours. So be delivered right now. Be delivered. The voice of the Lord is a light. The voice of the Lord is a lamp. And I just, where there's been a mountain casting a shadow, where the enemy, I just see the enemy has a bullhorn in front of some of you. And he is, he is shouting. And the still small voice of the Lord though, although it's still, although it sometimes seems small, it is casting a giant light before you. And I pray that the eyes of your heart will hear what his voice is speaking and leading you into. For your voice, Lord, is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. And as Paul and Silas, Lord, in the inner, inner parts of that prison, Lord, they began praising you, they began thanking you, and they filled, Lord, that jail cell with uh, worship. Lord, the prison doors shook and opened, and they were freed. They were freed. And I pray that hearts that have been bound would be liberated right now in Jesus' name. Those that have diagnoses, even I hear the Lord, those, those that have had decrees, court decrees, whether it's over, over a marriage that seemingly failed, or court decrees, over even, uh, I feel like the spirit of, of the orphan, those that... Um, feel the, the spirit of adoption and him claiming you as his own just where earthly parents didn't I feel the Lord's zeal right now just saying I am banging a gavel saying this one is mine you are mine you are mine and the spirit of adoption where there's been diagnoses where doctors have reasoned and rationed why your body's doing what it's doing I just hear the voice of the Lord resounding over to him banging a gavel saying my report is higher my report is greater we walk by faith. We walk by what we hear. We don't walk by what we see. And that you would liberate us, Lord, into your word. Liberate us into your leadership this morning. In Jesus' name. You are faithful, God. A sense like just want to end with this. Um, you're like, I've heard this before. I hear the Lord saying, so what? I'm going to keep feeding you. The simplicity, the purity of devoting yourself to this man, Jesus, I, I feel like it is in the simplicity and in the purity and in us being childlike by just giving thanks and looking at him. By giving thanks and looking at him. Lord, strip us down. Lord, make things simple again. Where things have gotten complex, Lord, root us in the simplicity of rightly approaching you, rightly building you a home, rightly engaging the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord. We repent for making it complex. We repent for, like, I just feel like the Lord is like, I, I, you don't need a new revelation. You just need what you already have. And just to get back to the simple things, Lord, the childlike things, 
And so this week, I just wanna encourage you, 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes of thanksgiving and 10 minutes of worshiping one of the characteristics of him, walking in faith and watching what he does. Thank you for making it simple again. Our prayer team's here. They're gonna come forward if they can pray for you. Some of you need to receive prayer. Like I feel that uh, there's something that you're, that's gonna be imparted. There's uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy is gonna be used to really help continue to direct you. And so this team's gonna come forward. And uh, if you need prayer, if you need a miracle, if you need direction, come and receive prayer from them today. Uh, but bless you. Thank you for coming to the upper room. We love you. Meet someone. Take them to lunch. Um, yes and amen. Stand to your feet. Let's just end by using that password one last time. Let's just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, may this week be marked by thanksgiving and may it be marked by faith in who you are and what you're leading us into. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. These